0: Hi guys, it's Mike here again from the Community Law Centre and um, with me again today for the hopefully it could be the final session on family law. Um, we've got Jono and Lucy from Adams Brian in. Hi guys. Hello. Thank you again for coming in and finishing off this um, session and hopefully our final session on family law. But I do appreciate the amount of time you guys have put into coming in each each month to do this. Um, it's very much appreciated. No problem. Awesome. So anyway, um, for our listeners out there, uh, if you have any questions um, or you would like an appointment with regards to what's discussed today, uh, by all means make one and I'll fill in with the details of that later on. Um, But just please remember that all the information that is shared today is just that information and should not be considered legal advice. For legal advice on your specific topic, please feel free to give us a call. Again, on 03.0. Two one four three one eight zero, 180, um, to make an appointment either to talk to one of our team or to have an appointment with one of our volunteer lawyers on your specific subject. So guys, we'll get back into it. Um, and we will just again touch on where we left off last time which I believe we were finishing up with agreements, is that right? Child support, yeah. So um, having to deal with monies and, and who has control. So can we just really roughly, who decides the amount of monies payable?
1: Uh, you can either decide that between yourselves or um, there's a very helpful IRD scheme that you could enter into. Um, you can, I mean, actually something I probably should have mentioned last time was that you can actually get a rough sort of calculation and plug in your numbers and whatnot into the IRD website and figure out what approximately you'd have to pay and from there, you probably could enter a pri- private arrangement if you wanted to, so you're not bound by this IRD scheme. But um, in terms of who pays, it's nine times out of ten, it's usually the parent that um, is only having contact with the child.
0: So um, I think we sort of agreed that communication yeah. is the biggest key for this and getting both parties on board if we can. Okay, thank you for that, Rishi. So... Are there different things um, a parent has to do when or if the violence or abuse has occurred um, and what constitutes abuse, I suppose? Yeah,
2: Um, not so much a nice topic, but um, a very good question. Uh, The law recognises the importance uh, of uh, safety on the children. So parents should be definitely mindful uh, and uh, take all appropriate steps to, to make sure Any care or contact arrangement between um, the other parent and the child or children occurs in a safe way um, if there has been uh, violence or abuse issues at play. Uh, This is a very difficult situation and uh, does depend on the circumstances, so I I do recommend anyone uh, with this sort of concern uh, should seek uh, some legal advice uh, in the first instance as how to best structure their care arrangement. So... Um, Just in relation to what constitutes uh, abuse, Uh, the Family Violence Act uh, in New Zealand, it recognises uh, violence as being physical abuse, sexual abuse, or psychological abuse. Uh, At a basic level, it it can be seen as any type of behaviour by one person that is uh, designed uh, uh, or geared towards controlling or dominating the other person. Um, so, controlling or manipulative behaviour um, can also fall into that psychological abuse category.
1: And something Jono um, also didn't mention is verbal abuse as well. You can't just go send a nasty text message and not think that that's right. abusive or yell at someone in a nasty way. And
0: That would potentially come under, like, that would depend on the context or, or the situation where it occurred, would it not?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Mike. Um, there is I see it quite a lot in terms of the different arguments that get raised in the in the fil- family violence disputes, um, where it's sort of tit for tat, mm-hmm. um, and one person's just pushing the other person's buttons. Uh, but the court is very clear that um, uh, how it started or who initiated it um, is um, is uh, not so much a factor. It's mm-hmm. it's just that any family violence in any shape or form is not okay.
0: Right. So if I'm unsure about whether it constitutes abuse, let's say psychological or um, manipulative because you don't mm. really know until someone else points mm. it out to you really to be mm. fair. Do I just rock up to the police or do I mm. go see a lawyer? Do I how ha- ha- what's the best way because obviously I'm upset today. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm probably not, especially if I've had sober up. Mm. And and I, I I use that not just to be smart but mm. Um, it's usually when other things happen is mm-hmm. when you know. yeah so so what, what's the process, I suppose
2: yeah, so I mean, um the most important thing is that if you are uh, fearing for your safety or you've got concerns about that, mm-hmm. I do think um the the police uh, is your first port of call um if you feel as though you're in immediate danger, mm-hmm. um but um there is um a, a well known understanding that um there is a uh, cycle of family violence, mm-hmm. and uh, people that are in that cycle, um, it can be very difficult to get themselves out of that situation. So um, trying to talk to your friends or your family uh, mm-hmm. about um, the issues that you're facing, um, they might be able to give you the support that you need to, to make some meaningful changes. Um, there's also some um, support networks available in, uh, in Southland, um, such as the Women's Refuge. Um, and um, the family works um, and, and a whole raft of social workers that could, could possibly point you in the right direction, but also uh, looking at uh, talking to a lawyer to uh, try and get you some legal protections, such mm-hmm. as a uh, protection order, um, uh, could also be an
0: option. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, thanks for that, mate. How, so how much input do, do the children actually have in regards to how things are, um, are to happen regarding their care or, or who they're going to live with?
1: Yeah, in terms of their, I guess, input, um, it does depend on the age of the child. You're not going to take a four-year-old's view and take it as gospel um, because there is, they're so up and down these kids these days. Um, but if you have an older child who's, say, 14, 15, um, they do have a lot more say um, in who they... Want to live with and how things um go, but um the important thing is that the child's view is important um and everything that should be done should be in the best um interest and welfare of the child um but you've also there's a fine line between letting a child run your life and being the parent that makes the Decisions that you think are best for this child, but you definitely do have to take into account their view. Um, like you're not going to go, you're not going to tell your child who's been telling you that they want to go live with dad. You're not going to tell them no, no, no for no reason at all if they're saying I want to live with dad because, um, I know we I'm enjoying the time that I'm spending with him, or I want to spend more time with dad. Um, because I'm, I'm at the age where I'm bonding with him really nicely and and getting along quite well. Then you do have to sort of take that into consideration. Um, it's that whole child focused mm-hmm. view.
0: So there is um, a discussion came up a couple of weeks ago. Where what age? When does a child stop being a child? When, when mm-hmm. do the courts stop having say? We're
1: yeah, mature. Oh, and it's it's a tricky question. Obviously, a 14, 15 year old, you know, they they're pretty sure of who they are, more or less, um, and they you know they're pretty certain of what they want. But you also find kids are very they're mature beyond their years, mm. and and um and it's got to do with their background and stuff. And it's a, it's a case by case basis. There's not really a blanket age that the court would go. oh Yeah.
0: Right. Mm. So the, the um, maturity levels would be taken into consideration, obviously, yeah. as I mean, well. Yeah.
2: And just in terms of uh, parenting orders, um, usually the um, the a parenting order that is made um, lasts until the child turns 16. And at that point, the child um, has the the right to decide on their care arrangements. Um but they are still, um, obviously, a child until they turn 18, um, and so any guardianship decisions that need to be made, um, they're still subject to to their parents' decisions in
0: regards to that. Um, right. That's so, handy to know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so can I make changes to day-to-day parenting agreements or orders? Yeah, what?
1: of course. Um, if you have an agreement that's made outside of the court setting and it's not a court order, um, you've free to make changes, um, obviously, with consultation and discussion um, with the other parent, um, and obviously such has to be agreed to. Um, A court order generally um, means you can't come back to the court to change it within the same two-year period unless there's been a substantial change in circumstances, um, such as relocation or, you know, child safety is put at risk um, under the current parenting order.
0: Okay, um, yeah, I did have a few extra questions going back to those and uh, the enforceability in that. I think, in all fairness, we covered that pretty well earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, so when there are uh, breaches to a parenting order, I think we could touch on that, I would say occur more often than we'd expect. So rather than continue breaching these orders, how do we go about making changes to the parenting order or, How do we get those breaches to stop?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there are a range of options a person
0: can try to get the um,
2: other person to adhere to a parenting agreement or, or order. The starting point would be obviously trying to discuss directly with the other person about the issue with a view to resolution uh, if that fails, maybe the assistance of an independent person could help, and that's where um, usually family dispute resolution uh, is a good option. You'll get an independent uh, person uh, that can uh, help you to put everything on the table and uh, try to reach, uh, reach a, an agreement. Um, but ultimately, if the parents can't, can't agree, uh, then you're looking at uh, possibly one parent making a court application. And... Um, uh, yeah the court will take it from there and make a decision.
0: Mm. Awesome, okay. Um, and I suppose that would apply to when you see one parent manipulating the kids against the other, the 100%. other parent. So again, you would go down that road to rectify that kind of thing, like getting I believe there's a lawyer for the child. Yes, so so uh,
1: yeah, every time you go to make a court application um under the care of children act, your your child does get appointed a lawyer um who is to ascertain their views um and do what's best for them
2: yeah so i mean um in terms of you know you're talking about manipulation um so are you talking about perhaps where uh, one parent's talking in the other parent's ear um you know that type of behavior can seriously affect the child uh, or the children involved and uh, may actually be seen as a form of psychological abuse um. so depending on the dynamics between the parents it may be appropriate for those con- concerns also to be raised with the other parent um, in a neutral way with the view to, to getting agreement that these types of comments won't be said in the future mm. um, but also a parenting order or any agreement um, you can essentially have a term or condition that deals with uh, these types of issues. So it's not uncommon to see uh, a parenting order uh, with the condition saying um, uh, neither parent shall discuss adult issues with, with the child directly. Um, yep, and so that could be a, a term that's uh,
0: would be a breach uh, if,
2: if that uh, continued.
0: Excellent. Again, we've been indicated that we need to wind this up, guys. But I think we've covered enough to give our listeners a a fairly good insight to family law um, and some of the processes and ar- arrangements and agreements and how things tick. Um, and I sincerely uh, thank you guys for coming in and, and spending the time over these past few months to, to bring this to, to fruition for us. Um, so, guys, um, thank you. And um, for our listeners, if you have any questions and uh, or you've wanted an appointment, please call us on 0321 43180. Our office hours are 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Um, and again, our outreach clinics, um, hopefully will be up and running very shortly. Um, we are considering options currently, so feel free to contact us um, on 0800 55 0800 to either make an appointment or for details if we're performing we're next in your area. And of course, if you'd like to discuss your circumstances directly with John um, or, or the team at the Wood Adams Brian Lamb, feel free to contact them on two one eight two eight double three, or you can check out their website or Facebook page. Once again, thank you guys, and I do sincerely appreciate your time and efforts. It's been a pleasure, Mike. Thank, thank you, Mike.